And in her survey, the woman's like, I've been so tied up with the police and the glass replacement and my customers. And so we had like two hours from FNOL to closure on a claim we wouldn't have even had confirmed first contact for a week. Like that is game changing. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. So today is the final episode, at least for now, of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. You know, as I mentioned over time, we've had the opportunity to bring in more than 100 guests that are either innovating or influencing um, or are executive leaders within the insurance organization that's really driving this state of innovation that we've been seeing in the insurance industry. Um, you know, had an opportunity to uh, provide a lot of thought leadership on this podcast that influences the way that business is being done in the insurance industry. Um, and we also had the opportunity to really dive in on this advent of what's known as InsureTech um, and how that's impacting our great industry. You know, it has been such a pleasure to serve insurance um, in this way. You know, I've been personally been in the insurance industry since 2004. So uh, yeah, that ages me a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I always wanted to ensure that, um, you know, personally, not only by the work that I'm doing, but I, I wanted to ensure that I am able to make a bigger mark on the insurance space. Because as you all are aware, just through hearing um, my thoughts on this podcast, you know, I, I love this industry. It's one that does a lot of good for uh, the world. It provides a lot of stability. And, you know, it's, it's just an industry that I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to work in and passionate about influencing. So that's really what started the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast. Um, and, you know, I know that there are others that are out there, um, but I'm hopeful that we will, as an industry, continue to keep this narrative going and continue to determine what is going to be necessary to really drive innovation and transformation in support of the customers that we serve on a day in and a day out basis. So um, thank you all for allowing me into your homes, into your ears or earbuds or cars or wherever you listen to this podcast, really to serve you all um, as an industry. But with that said, uh, I'm not going away. I will continue to be working in this industry. Um, and you'll, you'll also continue to see me um, provide a lot of thought leadership, whether it's through insurance publications, um, whether it's through giving keynote speeches, serving on panels. Um, and also through the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis with the company that I work for here in Michigan. You know, I'm really excited about the prospects of what we're doing as an organization. Um, and as you're aware, um, you know, a lot of the time that I have will need to be focused on really uh, driving home uh, the ability to, to, to innovate the insurance industry um, through the work that I do on a day in and a day out basis. So, um, so you, this isn't the end. Um, you definitely are going to see me. Um, and I do have some other uh, personal and professional projects that are lined up. So, you know, once again, you know, this has been truly a great pleasure to serve you all as an industry. 
um, and help you really understand what's happening in this world of innovation. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. You know, as, as I mentioned before, um, unique listeners, over 70,000 um, in the past two and a half years. I mean, that's a feat that I'm very proud of. You know, 4,000 downloads on a weekly basis. Um, you know, just from folks that have either subscribed or that listens to the podcast daily or, or weekly. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of having the ability to touch 70,000 unique individuals within the insurance industry or other industries. Um, and also really to hear um, how this podcast and how hearing some of the thought leadership that I either given directly or bought to you has impacted your lives. So, you know, once again, um, this is the last episode um, of the podcast. I might do a couple here and there um, just as a surprise, especially if there's something significant that's happening in the industry. But, um, uh, you know, holistically, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, really uh, um, excited that I had this opportunity to bring uh, innovation to the masses in the insurance industry. So there are some other great podcasts that are out there. Um, and, um, you know, you should be able to get that weekly fix of insurance innovation through those. So once again, thank you. So I am excited to be speaking with Brian Falchuk. Now, he is the head of growth at High Marley, an insurtech focused on bringing policyholders and carriers a seamless and modern communication experience. Brian, it is great to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Abel. It's great to connect with you. Hey, so Brian, you know how I like to start these off, right? And um, I'm all about um, helping folks understand you, where you came from, and, and just your history with insurance or other industries that you've been in. So if you don't mind, just walk us through your history before you got to the point of joining High Marley. Yeah. Um, so I'm a kind of 20-year veteran of PNC. Um, so I started kind of accidentally and, and I know like there's so many insurance career stories that are like, I wasn't intending it. And the next thing I know I was uh, coming out of undergrad, my junior year going for a consulting role and Liberty mutual had this really great, um, internship in their internal strategy consulting team. And I took the internship or got the internship and then found out I was graduating early. So next thing I know, I already started my career and yeah, everyone's like big mistake. You should stay for your, like do a fourth year. And, uh, and then the economy tanked. So if I had stayed, like 80% of my class, I think either didn't get jobs or got job offers rescinded. So I was good where I was at. <laughs> you know, and I, I kept on and actually I really liked insurance and it's not a space I had ever really thought about beforehand. Um, I just, I kind of got it. And I kept seeing all these areas where I could make a difference. I could add value. And especially in the consulting team where, you know, we were kind of parachuted into different parts of the company. So I was getting exposed to all kinds of different things and having, you know, pretty real impact very quickly. And that that's just really rewarding. And when you think about not just the impact on Liberty, but what's the point of that? Well, it's to make Liberty better at standing by the customers. And these are people who are at, you know, the worst moments in their lives. And that's just really resonated with me. Um, and so I, you know, once I was in, I was in. And so I spent a bunch of years at Liberty and then I uh, got my master's, went to McKinsey to serve other insurance companies and ended up getting into the specialist space after McKinsey. And I went to uh, Beasley. It's a specialist carrier out of the UK. I was part of the early days of their US business, um, including when we were creating really what became the standard for breach response in the cyberspace. So that wasn't a thing yet. Um, so that was really cool to be there in the really early days of the creation of what is now, you know, one of the hottest parts of the specialty line space is, is uh, 
cyber coverage and, and breach response in particular. Um, great career there on the distribution side, underwriting side, and then running U.S. operations. Um, and after a brief stint at a med mal carrier, which is a very difficult space to be in, it's, uh, you know, the claims are just incredibly upsetting. Um, I took over U.S. claims for Hiscox, you know, key competitor of Beasley. So it was a little bit funny for me being a, in, in-house at, at one of our main competitors. But um, it was amazing. Really had an incredible run at Hiscox. Just unbelievable company, really innovative, um, pushed the limits on distribution. You know, they, they were really the first and for a long time only player in the specialty line space to go direct in addition to a thriving broker business. Um, so thankful to have been a part of that organization. And in that process, I met these guys who were leaving Aon to start this texting solution for carriers. And uh, they're telling me about it at a conference. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really text. It doesn't sound like a good idea. And I'm I'm quick to admit that. Uh, I told my team and they just looked at me like, you're the biggest idiot we've ever met. How do you not understand? We can't get anyone on the phone and everybody texts. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, it does sound like a good idea. So we brought them in. And that little idea that they were leaving Aon for was Hi Marley. And so I became one of their first customers and got really close with the founders and became an advisor to them. Um, and I was commuting from Boston to Atlanta for Hiscox every week. And after several years of that and uh, additional gray hair from the the lifestyle, the guys at Hi Marley asked if I'd be willing to join. Um, so I did, and it's right here in Boston. So that worked out beautifully. And I've been helping them since last February just expand to more carriers and get the message out. And um, it's awesome because I've seen how that little simple text message actually can bring the customer and the carrier together in a non-adversarial way, which is actually a really big deal. I think a lot of people expect their insurer to not be there for them. Um, but for some reason, when you're texting, it's faster, it's more friendly. You just kind of feel like you're dealing with someone you know and like, because that's who you text in general. And so you see the claims going really differently. And you see the claims adjusters being happy in their work again. And you see claims getting resolved and closed. And it's like, well, it's just text messaging. How could it do all that? But it can. So it's it's really rewarding for me, you know, going back to that original stuff at Liberty, that feeling of helping some someone, you know, in that case, Liberty, and now all these carriers stand by their customers at that most important moment. So I'm really lucky I get to do that. Yeah, that sounds pretty exciting. And, and just uh, the fact that you've gotten the opportunity to work, um, you know, as a part of your early career in organizations like Beasley, who is really innovative on the product side, and and Hiscox, who's really innovative on the distribution side and the types of things that they go after. Um, I, I could imagine that was also part of what whet your appetite when it came down to working um, in an in tech like High Marley. Now, now I know you, um, you took the opportunity to lay out some of what High Marley is, but but if you don't mind, um, you know, talk to, to us specifically about what High Marley uh, was built to do. Um, and, uh, you know, where it fits within the broader value proposition of the insurance industry. Yeah. So when we say what our mission is, some people kind of laugh, but I can tell you genuinely that is what the founders set out to do and our CEO in particular, and that's to make insurance lovable. Um, and so people are like, wait, what are you talking about? But <laughs> if, you, if you knew Mike and Mitesh and, and John, the three founders, they genuinely mean that. So they had been working on the claims leakage side, helping carriers sort of fix things after the fact, you know, figure out why the outcomes were what they were and how to get ahead of that. And they kept seeing this consistent problem around communication, misunderstandings, 
log jams, things just getting stuck and then severity escalating, customer experience or customer sat dropping just because people couldn't move things forward because they couldn't get connected. And so they, instead of doing the cleanup work, they wanted to get ahead of the problem. And that's where the idea for High Marley was born. And what they realized is people text more than anything else now. And texts are responded to really fast, like within minutes. And so what if you could bring that into the carrier space? And for a lot of carriers, they have been doing things around this, whether it's one-way text messaging, so maybe sending out alerts or status updates or something, which is valuable. But what happens when the customer needs to respond to that or doesn't understand? Or maybe they're using their app. And, you know, there's a lot of great carrier apps out there. I won't name names, but the most downloaded or the most... um, the, the app that's on the most number of devices or percentage of devices has a 12%, uh, 12% rate of staying on the devices. I don't know the right way to say that stat, but it's basically like 88% of the people who download the app get rid of it. And so, you know, you're sitting there, like if you're just talking pure, play, like I, I bank with USAA, so I keep the app on all the time. Um, I'm actually not insured by them anymore, but I, I was, and I always had the app because I needed it for banking, but for insurance... I wouldn't have it sitting on my phone. And that's the reality. So if, you're, if your way of communicating is through your app, well, chances are customers don't have your app. So they were like, well, how do we solve for that? Phone's not working. And, and that's only gotten worse since the company was founded because no one answers their phone. Actually, like while we're recording this, I've already gotten two spam calls, which I love when I'm talking to people about the solution and I keep getting spammers calling me. So like, I don't answer my phone anymore. Email, like it sits in your inbox. You know, are you going to get back to people? We, I saw it at Hiscox. We'd email a customer saying, hey, can you take these photos? You know, we need to see the, the, uh, the damage. And a couple days goes by. We have to chase them. And then they send in the photos. And sure enough, it's not quite what we needed. So we have to give them different guidance. And a couple more days goes by. And, you know, we're now at like five, six days before we get usable photos. Not ideal. Or spend, you know, 150 bucks and send someone out to the site to take pictures. Neither of those is ideal. But with text, it's different. And so they deployed text to allow the adjusters to talk to the customers. Originally, it was for claims because that's their background. You know, early people connected to them like me, we were claims people. So it made sense. And that's the moment of truth. But we've expanded out. So it's also used in underwriting and service and billing use cases as well. We're working with some agents. Um, So it's really the idea is to be across the whole life cycle of what it means to be a customer of the insurance space in the insurance ecosystem throughout that life cycle to be able to communicate with your carrier and the other partners that need to be deployed to help you in one tech stream. So, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with an auto accident, you can text with your carrier, but what if there's someone else at the carrier who needs to talk to you as well? Well, you shouldn't have two different tech streams. You should just be texting with, you know, your carrier one place. Now, what about the towing operator in the body shop or if it's workers comp, a, nurse case manager, or whoever else it might be, let's have one communication. You know, if you're setting up dinner with your buddies, you wouldn't have 12 different text messages going. You'd have a group text. So let's bring the whole ecosystem together to serve that customer holistically. And you can see where that would play out, not just in claims, but underwriting, like having the broker and the underwriter and the risk manager or someone or, you know, whoever the key person is in one conversation, you're going to move to... A, a completed bound policy much faster, more accurately, uh, with a lot less pain. 
Yeah, so so it, it's funny, um, you know, as we were talking about the scam calls, you know, I have an Android phone, and um, and whenever that comes up, I, I get uh, you know the the message scam likely. You know, yeah. I tell folks, hey, I get I get more phone calls from scam likely than from anybody else. You know, scam likely is my best friend right now. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. You know, uh, but you know, so as I think about that, I think text uh, does help to cut through the noise. But yeah. but you know, Brian, I I want to talk to you about um, you know walking through what this communication stream actually looks like because I the way I envision it can come in many different uh, shapes sizes and forms um, all the way from things like you know first notice a loss uh, yep. all the way through to just uh, the beginning of the underwriting process to the to executing on elements of the claim process so yeah. so if you don't mind you know just think through um, a scenario in which high Marley uh, uh, high Marley's capability can be used and walk us through the scenario on almost in a step-by-step fashion uh, just so we can understand what the customer Customer experience is like on both sides. Yeah. Well, so the the trick is there's a lot of different ways to answer that because it can begin and end at any point. And so it could be function specific. We could just have an underwriting story that we talk about, or you could go through the whole life cycle from prospect through to renewal and a claim and billing and service in between. But if you want to focus on one of those particular cases, you know, claims is our, our history. So we got the most experience there and, and some really rich stories. So you look at a carrier like Bankers Insurance, who was an early adopter of High Marley, and Novarica gave them an award for how they deployed it. They've, they're using us in claims and, and underwriting. But if we look at claims, they had an incredible experience uh, changing the game with Hurricane Florence versus the hymn storms the year before through texting. So if you think about the capabilities today, before the storm hits, they could send out a proactive text to everyone in, say, a zip code or, or a region that they've defined that they believe is at risk. Say, hey, you know, the storm's coming. Click here to get some tips for how to keep yourself safe or, you know, whatever whatever kind of guidance they want to give. And then they could say, you know, if you have a claim, call this number, visit this website, or text back the word claim or bankers or some keyword to this number or just text it back, you know, to this message. And what that could do is trigger an FNOL process and High Marley is not just texting, it's AI-enabled texting. So there is some AI there, not a lot, and we keep it in control because this is insurance. So if the AI is wrong, it could be creating or denying coverage. So you have to be really sensitive to that. But it's there to help, and we work with our carriers to find the right balance of control in that. But the AI could basically prompt the customer with the right kinds of questions to take that FNOL. So they're not sitting on hold. They're not uh, with the power out. How are they going to get online? You know, maybe they're doing it on their mobile device, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to get on their computer. I had a flood in my home and my carrier didn't have 24-7 claims. And they told me, like, I could have reported it online outside of hours. And I'm like, you know, but if my house is flooded or burnt down, I don't have a, this is before mobile phones were really pervasive. Um, I, you know, I, how am I going to report that claim? Like, I, I'm not going to go to my neighbor's house and ask if I can get on his computer. So you could text it in. We could tie into your core system and actually open that claim, or we could just provide it as data for an FNOL or intake team to set up the claim traditionally, whatever you know, whatever the carrier wants. But then there's a case ready in High Marley. And so when an adjuster has that claim, they also have the communication method all set up. And you don't have to do it this way. You could start that case at any point, but this is kind of like the whole life cycle of a claim. You could set it up right, right up front, setting up the FNOL straight from a claim, uh, from a text rather. Or you could just open it up, you know, a customer calls in, 
makes the claim and the, the rep can say, oh, you know, we can actually text. Let me set you up with that. And you start texting with them. And what you find is, and, and bankers saw this, even during the storm, people are texting in photos of their losses in real time and the claims are flowing. And actually the reps are able to multitask in a way that you can't if you're dealing with phone calls. So they could have three or four claims open and you don't have to be in the claim file to respond to a customer on every claim. You know, maybe it's okay or thank you or got the pictures or, you know, we'll, we'll have someone at your property in an hour. You don't need to be in Guidewire or whatever your claim system is to do that. So it allowed them to multitask and they found that they could be a lot more responsive across many more claims very rapidly. So through that life of the claim, you're responding, claims are moving. And what we found is better than 20% faster closure speed when you're texting on a claim versus a like-for-like -like claim working uh, in the traditional you know, email, phone, letters, which is amazing. I mean, that's, people are in their homes 20% faster. Workers are going back on the job not injured 20% faster. It's 22% actually. Um, that's the whole point of this industry. And to think that just being able to text through that claim process is achieving that, uh, that's a really powerful thing. And frankly, something I think a lot of people don't believe. And that's why when we get in with the pilots, uh, you know, we, we deploy it to a small team in a carrier. They're all like, the, the users are pretty blown away because they don't really think it's true. And then they see it firsthand. They see their phone volumes dropping. They see voicemail backup dropping. They see the customers happier uh, just from texting. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And you know what? I think it does. I think it actually brings the customer closer to the carrier, to the agent and those that are within the entire work stream. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, it it does come at the territory in regards to the shift that we've been seeing as a part of customer expectations. You know, they're looking for quicker communications and, and, and frankly, quicker resolutions to um, either whatever it might be that that customer is going through. Now, you know, Brian, with that said, when I think of the solution that you all have designed, um, you know, I, I could see it being used in a multitude of ways, right? And, and I think it's easy and probably low complexity to, um, you know, uh, to, to being able to communicate on something that um, might not, especially from a claims perspective, that might not be, um, you know, too much of a challenge, you know, so maybe a minor auto, auto or, you know, glass damage and, and, and so on. But but as as I, I get to the point of thinking about, OK, well, it, let, let's think, let's say workers compensation as an example. Um, and if there's um, an injury that's on the floor of a, of a manufacturing facility or whatever the facility is that, um, you know, I, 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 I would find that to be much more of a complex sort of uh, an, an injury that texting may have to be done in a different way. Um, if you want to either get that individual to nurse uh, to understand whether or not they need care and so on. So, Brian, if, if you don't mind, you know, talk a little bit about um, the lines that you think this is more of, um, of, a, of a capability for. Or if you do see this as a capability for all lines within PNC, you know, just just talk through, um, you know, why you see that being the case. Yeah. So I think I think that's a great point. And there are some lines that are just blatantly obvious. And that was part of my initial reaction is like, we're a specialist carrier. We don't do personal auto and property. You know, I mean, we we do property, but not like we do like cat exposed complex property. So not a fit. And, you know, we do DNO. Are you really gonna be like the CEOs texting you like, oh, God, the FBI is outside They're They're coming for the CFO. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, maybe one day, but not today. So for me, I was pushing back. Like, I don't see it in our lines of business. Now, I will say, for every time I've said that, we found examples where we're wrong. And so what you find is people's 
comfort with texting is changing. And there are still some lines where it's way more suitable than others. And I think, you know, auto property, whether it's personal or commercial, those are amazing fits. We had deployed it at Hiscox in BOP. We had it on GL, uh, including with third-party claimants. We had it on some uh, some basic E&O claims, but now you're talking about lawsuits and you're talking about bringing in attorneys. So yeah, it's more complex. You may not be as apt to text in those situations. Although I will say, we used to get texts from our third-party counsel all the time. Um, you know, and, and they're texting my claims handlers, which means their phones technically are now admissible in court, which is not a good thing. Um, but you, you do see some of that. Comp is a really interesting one because up front, I was hesitant about it. And since I've come into High Marley as, a, as an employee, I've gotten to see carriers who have deployed it in comp, and it's actually incredibly powerful. So what we found is, especially in, in blue-collar work, those folks love texting. Texting is really common. Um, language is an issue for some of the insureds or some of the injured parties. We have real-time translation. So you'd see where, um, you know, this one claim handler at a carrier in New York was telling me about how she was dealing with a claim with the insured or the, the injured party's son, who's like 14, who's, who's uh, talking to her about his father's injuries. And that just doesn't feel great. But that's, you know, that's what he wanted to do. They didn't want to have an interpreter in there. Well, once they got high Marley and the texting was there, it was like, oh, we can text in Spanish. And the the injured party was texting in Spanish, the rep was texting in English, and the solution was doing all the translation in both directions. And the whole thing's got a transcript of both languages. So for you know record keeping and everything, you've got all that covered. But the man who was injured is now the one she's dealing with. There's no middle person in that. The child isn't brought into it inappropriately or you know maybe awkwardly. And so you, you see that that injured party is able to get help and get treatment faster than in the traditional method. And it also means they're less susceptible to seeking representation, especially with language barriers, because that's one of the key things that the, um, you know, the personal injury attorneys really thrive on is well, I speak your language, they don't. So come to me and you don't even have to pay me. I'll just give you, you know, just give me this little percentage of all the money I'm going to get you. Uh, so if you're treating someone like a human being in their native tongue right from the start, the chance that they're going to seek representation outside when you're just trying to help them is dramatically lower. So comp surprisingly works really, really well. I think there are still some situations where it's going to be a tough sell today, like, uh, you know, a fatality. That's a, a very difficult situation. I'm not sure if life insurance claims make sense today. Maybe, you know, a few years from now, culturally, that will be totally normal. I think life insurance underwriting process is a lot of back and forth and a lot of logistics. I think that's a beautiful place to deploy claims. I've had to go through quite a few life insurance uh, underwriting you know, sales processes myself, and it's really annoying. It's a lot of work. I wish I could have texted about it instead of missing phone calls and playing phone tag, just setting up you know, the nurse's visit or, or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you know, with that said, um, I, I, there, there's an example um, that, that I know of, uh, of a, a sort of a smaller insure tech that uses texting, um, but as a part of their capability, they use humans to do texting, especially as, um, you know, um, um, cat storms and, and so on came into play and they wanted to get that close connection with the customer. Now, you know, with that said, um, you know, leveraging a human capability, especially for larger carriers that might have 80, 90, 100,000 policies, 
um, isn't exactly scalable, right? You know, to, to, to be able to do that. Um, and um, I, I, so I, I wonder um, when you look at that, you mentioned a little bit earlier um, leveraging artificial intelligence to, to help out as a part of the process. So Brian, if you don't mind, um, you know, talk to us about how AI fits into the process um, and, um, and, and how it's used to continue to create that connection between the, uh, the, the, the policyholder and the carrier and agent or whoever's within that process. Yeah, no, I think that this is a really, this is a really tough thing to figure out in this space because you are talking about very difficult moments and that human connection is crucially important and we firmly believe that. And that's why the AI is an enabler, it's not a replacement. And, you know, there are some disruptive uh, newer carriers that, you know, it's, it's very AI forward. And the reality is the AI is not doing that much of their claims work. And you hear the stories, you know, Coverager likes to, to bash them, but like the difficulty in moving from AI to human at those places. And I think actually the way that we've solved for it makes a lot of sense. And the AI is there to help the human handling the claim. It's not there to replace them. So there are certain things that are really mundane, repetitive, uh, kind of rote that can be delivered via AI. So things like, you know, a lot of those, I, I used to get these calls, people would call the head of claims asking who their claim handler was, which is, you know, not a great use of anybody's time. Um, the persona Marley can answer that question. You text, who's my claim handler, you'll get their name, their contact details. You can get your deductible, your policy number, your claim number, um, your claim status. And we don't have to tie into your core system, but if we do, one of the nice things about that is we can get access to a lot of information like the claim status if you want to expose it to the APIs. So not only could you answer that question, actually what's even better is tell the customer before they have a question to ask. So let the AI recognize that something has changed in the claim and alert the customer to it. So like if the claim gets reassigned, we push a message out to the customer automatically to tell them, you know, your claim is now being handled by Abel Travis. Here's his phone number and his email address, and you can text him here. So you, you're using the AI to deliver what would have been some outbound notification of the customer that's keeping them apprised, keeping them in the loop, and letting them know we're working on it without a human having to do that or without them having to wait for, you know, some system-generated message that comes out by email a day later or, you know, my last claim, I got a letter like four days after the event after you know some change had happened and i was already aware of it because i had just happened to go online and saw the change it's like that letter's not doing any good but if i got texted and i didn't have to go online to find it out that would have been brilliant so there are places where a mix of ai and ai having access to better information in real time is really valuable uh, and that that's how we're deploying it absolutely you know i, I can i can definitely see that um, and, and to be honest with you you know um Having the the hybrid AI human approach is, is uh, I think it's what's necessary in order to engage um, uh, with uh, a lot of volume, um, but while at the same time uh, allowing the customer to understand that there's still a human at the end of the other line, and uh, and that they're 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 really getting that personalized touch. Um, because to your point, it, it is something that needs to be balanced. Now, uh, you know, just given where you all um, are and who you've engaged with, you know, overall, what's been the feedback from um, your your the partners of the organizations that's deployed this capability it's kind of funny so you're in the midwest right i was just in michigan a couple weeks ago meeting with one of our customers um press release isn't out yet so i'd say their name otherwise but they want to make a splash and that's fine um really tough good uh quiet midwestern guy 
who's, you know, he's, he's like died in the wool, 35, 40 years in insurance. He comes up to me after this meeting and he's like, listen, you made a lot of promises when you came in here and everybody does. And they're all liars. And he's like, you have delivered every single thing you told me you would. And I was the biggest skeptic here. And I swear, Abel, he like his eyes were tearing up. And I was like, okay, this is like, I really appreciate it. And it's it's just texting and insurance. It's okay. But he was so moved by it because he's been let down so many times. And when he gets let down, it means he's letting people who have been in an accident, people who have had a loss, he's letting them down and he's letting his team down and his team is happy and they're engaged. And we do these little surveys, a little five-star customer survey at the end of the interaction. And they're scoring nine out of 10 customers are giving them five stars. And look, they have a good customer sat experience overall. You know, everyone gets ripped apart on Google ratings and all that. And theirs aren't stellar versus like a five star, but for a carrier, they're pretty good. They're in the threes and most carriers are in the twos because, you know, just Google ratings are rough, but they're up like almost a 4.9 and their reps are seeing that feedback in real time. They're seeing their names called out. We actually had someone who got proposed to in the survey, which is just, um, it's cool and weird at the same time. But if you remember my point about making it lovable, so for our CEO, he's like, Hey, it's working. But it's it's just insurance. It's just, you know, it's just a text, but it actually is having a real impact. So that is not, um, that's not a rare occurrence. I just had one of my main contacts, our champion at another carrier in, in Ohio was, uh, she just emailed me yesterday. She's like, so you're actually my new best friend. I was like, that's awesome. That's what I want. I don't want to be a vendor. I certainly don't want to be a vendor. I don't even want to be a partner. I just want to be part of your team. And I want you to feel like the whole High Marley team is as well. And that's how they tend to look at us. And what we find is, you know, I mentioned these pilots, as they're wrapping up, you start to see the reps, the the adjusters get really antsy. And they start like, I don't have to sell anything because the adjusters just start almost like picketing, like demanding that they get to keep the tool. Because it's it's honestly, it's transformational. And I got to see it firsthand. I got to see in my own staff the way that they were moving claims so much faster. Um, our first, our first closed claim on High Marley it was two hours into the pilot. We had a, a a break in. The insured, you know, she she sent in the FNOL. Um, she started texting us photos of like glass. It was a business with a glass front. And the guy smashed through it and stole like an iMac and a Square payments terminal with an iPad in it. So she texted us all these photos. She texted us a picture of the police report. Um, then she texted us the video from her security camera. And we actually get quite a few of these. We just had one on a homeowner's claim the other day on it for another carrier. And so this guy, Matt, called us all around his computer. And he's like, you guys got to see this. And we're watching the break-in happen. So we actually got to see the guy like break into the premises, take the stuff and walk out. And he just, just turns around. He's like, what do I do? And we're like, what do you mean, what do I do? He's like, well, normally we'd send out a field adjuster. Like, you know, we call up one of our vendors and, and get them out to the scene. He's like, we already have everything we need. And the adjuster's not going to see... You know, they're not going to see the robbery in progress. Like we've actually seen this now. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, like what what do we do? Like we've never faced this before. So we had the claim closed in like two hours. And in her survey, the woman's like, I've been so tied up with the police and the glass replacement and my customers and just trying to keep my business afloat in the midst of all this. I wouldn't have called you all back for at least a week if you were trying to get in touch with me. So we had like two hours from FNOL to closure on a claim we wouldn't have even had confirmed first contact for a week. Think about that for your adjusters. 
Like that is game changing. Yeah, it, it also, um, I mean, in the end, to your point, it is game, change, uh, game changing and it gives folks the opportunity to get their time back, right? And focus on the things that are really important, you know, to her, um, dealing with the police and making sure that they can find, um, uh, you know, whoever it is that, that's done that, uh, while at the same time not worrying about whether or not they're going to get, uh, you know, either reimbursed or, um, uh, you know, get the, the claim paid for because of the fact that it's all there. And it, it just changes the dynamic um, in, in its totality. So, you know, with that said, um, what exactly do you see as the future for High Marley? Are there um, things like other uh, capabilities in the works or, or what, what are your thoughts around what you see for the future? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really cool stuff in the works. We do hackathons every quarter. And so our engineers just get to have fun and they come up with some really cool stuff. And I will say actually quite a bit of it from past hackathons is live functionality, including like the translation. Um, that was an idea one of our engineers had um, and uh, they, they ended up building it and it's a game changer. So there's some really cool stuff going on. Um, a lot of it I can't say anything about, but let's just say texting is not the end-all be-all. We communicate in lots of ways, and the whole point is to facilitate a carrier and, and the whole ecosystem, really, being able to interact with the customer the way they want, when they want. And texting is really helpful, but that's not the only way. So if you have communication going on all over the place, how do you pull it all together? So that's that's one of the guiding principles. There's a, there's a lot more functionality that we're working on. And um, the cool thing is it we don't just dream it up. We're all insurance people. So, you know, we do understand the space really well, but it's still, we're not going to come up with all the best ideas. So we work really closely with our carriers and we understand what they're trying to solve and see how we can help them do that. So, you know, probably half of what we do in the next year we'll come up with. The other half has, hasn't even crossed our mind, but working with you know, so many great carriers, we will learn about that and we'll do something about it. I will say we will always be committed to insurance and we're the only ones who do that. And I think that really matters. I know every industry says they're different, but I genuinely believe insurance is for a variety of reasons, including regulations, including the fact that your product is about people being in, you know, the worst situations they've ever been in. Um, it's a really different space than any other customer facing industry. Um, so I think that specialization matters. I know when I was making my buying decision, it was imperative. Like I could not have chosen any of the alternatives because of the gaps in insurance specific needs. Um, so that will remain a guiding force for us. I think as a company, we're really well committed to that. And we think that that's an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and, and just, just thinking about, um, you know, going back to what you mentioned about texting and, uh, you know, around the future with other communication channels, especially as you start to get into uh, things like, you know, or, or segments like the millennial segment. And I hate using the term millennials, but, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different communication tools like a WhatsApp or a Facebook Messenger or other things that have open API capabilities that will enable folks like yours to potentially integrate into that right um so i know that that's a that's another way uh to to text but but it, i i think it creates some opportunities and options there for for the future um as we look at sort of the multi um different communication channels that are available 
So um, I, I personally see that, uh, to your point, that there is absolutely a lot of opportunity for the future um, into uh, just really, um, you know, hone in on uh, designing a communication platform that intakes a multitude of different methods of communication. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing more and seeing more about that over the years. Yeah, and there's so many things you can do with that once you have the customers communicating and their claims or their policy or their service or whatever can start moving automatically or more intelligently because you're receiving it as data ultimately. So what can you do with that? So like the things you start to unlock just from communicating more flexibly, that that's where it gets really exciting. We haven't even scratched the surface of that, but there's some very cool conversations going on with both our carriers and then the partners that they depend on to deliver their services. So it's a really neat, it's a really neat space to be in it. I, like I get insurance goosebumps from it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, uh, but know, it is now. It, it, it is actually, you know, with all of the uh, the great exciting things that's happening in the industry, um, I, I feel the same way sometimes, you know, like jumping up inside in my seat uh, and it's just like, oh, wow, yeah. that, that's just awesome in terms of what we what we see out there. So, um, hey, Brian, you know, with that said, you know, um, one of the questions that I always like to end off with, and it, it really is just to help us, um, you know, make this conversation uh, tangible and, and applicable to those that are listening. And, um, and, and it's really around innovation. So, you know, you all are creating an or have created an innovative capability with High Marley. Um, and there's a, a lot of folks that are listening that might be looking for ways to really bring the spirit of innovation to their organizations. So if you had to give advice on how to do that to the folks that are listening to you, you know, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so um, it's it, I was having conversations with people about this today. There are so many things, especially in the insurance industry, that we use to say why we can't innovate or why we're stuck, whether it's budgets or fear or we're a slow-moving industry or whatever. The biggest barrier to being innovative is ourselves. So it just starts with changing that conversation. Just be open to it because today's tools don't have to be a hundred million dollars, six year endeavor with an SI, you know, and like huge bills and, and overruns. It just, it doesn't have to be that way. So if you come into it with a flexible mindset that actually you can try things and there are lightweight solutions that you can deploy to start to make some shifts and see what happens you will actually become dramatically more innovative. So it's it's almost like release your own barriers and stop making excuses for why we're stuck as an industry because we're far less stuck than we seem to like uh, kind of fashionably bash ourselves for. So just let go of that. And I think actually you'll find you can do quite a bit. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. So, hey, Brian, I want to say thank you. You know, this was absolutely a great discussion. And, um, you know, just to, to learn more about what Hi Marley is doing now, if others are interested in continuing the conversation with you or wanting to learn more about your capabilities and engage yeah. with your team, what's the best way for them to do that? So they can go to our awesome new website that my marketing team put together. It's incredible. Uh, it's just highmarley.com. You can contact us from there. Or if you want to be smart, you can email hi at highmarley.com. Just go to the site and you can get all that. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I know that's great. And, uh, and hopefully you get um, you know, a lot of folks that are, are interested in hearing more about this after hearing you talk in this conversation. So, hey, Brian, you know, once again, uh, I do want to say thank you. This has been a great conversation and I'm looking forward to continuing to follow the successes of Hi Marley. Awesome, Abel. Thanks for having me on. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the final episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, once again, I want to say thank you all for allowing me to serve you 
and teach you about what's been happening in this world of InsureTech and insurance innovation. You know, ending off on a high note um, with Hi Marley to all 4,000 of you that are streaming this on a weekly basis. Thanks for listening. I truly appreciate all that you've done over the years.